0: Hey Universe, welcome back to Power and Grace Radio. This is JJ. This week we finally got to bring back in Anna Christina, registered dietitians, the nutritionist behind Power and Grace Performance Nutrition. Got to talk some hot topics. We've been wanting to get this for a while. So sit back, grab that healthy food and enjoy. Hey ladies, how's it going?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. How was that vacation?
1: Oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> awesome. Hard to come back to reality. It was snowing when I got off the plane.
0: All right, let's, let's give some uh, some voice recognition to you guys. So go ahead and introduce yourselves so we can uh, have the audience separate you two.
1: <laughs> okay, this is Anna.
0: Perfect.
2: And this is Christina.
0: All right, so we and we've been on here before. So if you guys missed our very first one uh, that we did in 2017, make sure you guys head back over and listen to that one. We had a lot of fun. I think that was one of our most popular ones. We've been planning to get these two ladies back on. It seems like since then, um, but busy schedules, uh, lots happening in their world. Uh, now they're back, but um, so what's been going on since then for you two specifically? Like in our personal lives? Yeah, well, and growing the company and everything else. I mean, well, I think oh, last time we hot. talked, you know, we were just you guys were just kind of writing plans for some Power and Grace athletes and doing some mm-hmm. one-on-one. And since then, it's kind of blown up.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we've gotten into a lot of um, gym challenges where we're doing the gym challenge and nutrition plans for different gyms all across the country. Um, So that's been awesome to work with so many different athletes. Um, And then we also launched a new partner gym program.
1: So essentially we started a program where if you're an affiliate owner and you're looking to integrate nutrition into your gym, we can do all of the work behind the scenes, um, kind of get all the nitty gritty nutrition stuff down and run your nutrition program at your gym alongside you and kind of personalize it. It's looked a little different for every gym that we've had, but it's been nice that some of those owners can provide that alongside what they're currently providing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, we were actually the first ones to do it was at my gym here in Dallas, uh, and it's been awesome to, to kind of get behind uh, some registered dietitians in the corner and make it handling. Uh, it's been super fun to go with. Um, but the real reason we're here is we're going to talk some hot topics in the uh, in the dieting world. Uh, always fun to, to get on and chat more about these. Um, and seeing as my last like five episodes where it was spencer we we're, we're not we're not we're not curbing any uh any politeness here, right <laughs> I think he's gotten that there We'd like yeah. to get right into the topics uh so the one that we were kind of chatting about before we hopped on the podcast uh, at first um, was you know keto um, ketogenic diets low carb diets um, it's nothing new for sure been around for a very long time. Um, but I think um, it's it's integration into a sport like CrossFit um, popularity may be flared right now. Um, so I just want to get like like your opening opinion just on like the diet itself.
2: So keto diet is probably the most asked about diet when someone starts with us. Many CrossFitters have tried keto or they
1: want to try keto. Um, So I would say it's probably our biggest question. Don't you think so? Yeah, especially in 2018, we've seen a huge increase. Like, we'll just get emails or Instagram questions all the time. Like, how do you guys feel about the ketogenic diet? Especially because we post a lot of pictures of fat. So (laughs) people are like, are you keto? And I think it's a really appealing
2: diet because you can essentially eat unlimited amounts of fat and then lower amounts of protein and then not very many carbs. So to have a big...
0: Will you break down like exactly on like, like the science side of it what a ketogenic diet means?
1: Yes. So essentially it's trying to re- that reach that state of ketosis where you're burning fat for fuel because our bodies like to burn carbohydrates, break them down into sugar. So we prefer – glucose as our main fuel source. But reaching ketosis, in order to do that, you have to have a limited storage of carbohydrates, um, minimal protein or adequate protein, and then super high fat. So then essentially the byproduct of that fat breakdown are ketones. That's, that's why it's called ketogenic diet. Um, that's kind of the down and dirty. One major point with the ketogenic diet like I guess all opinions aside we just talk through like somebody has questions about it we talk through the advantages and disadvantages of it like with any diet that somebody's considering to start um one thing is that carbohydrates or glucose is the only thing that can pass through your blood brain barrier or get energy to your brain. And so a lot of times like I don't know I saw this meme on the ketogenic diet and it was like this guy talking super slow I was, like <laughs> can't think he's like not getting energy to his brain. So um we just talk about that like you know your um I guess alertness at work and things like that could be affected by low carbohydrate diets because your brain needs carbs to function. Yep.
2: And then for like CrossFit athletes and weightlifters. Um, so essentially with the ketogenic diet you go so low carb that your body has to utilize fat for fuel and that can help you lose fat which is usually the goal of someone going keto from a performance standpoint it's really hard because carbs are your most efficient fuel source Um, so when you go low carb you can really hinder performance energy wise and then probably the most important for crossfitters and weightlifters is that carbs are muscle sparing so if you don't have enough carbohydrates in your diet your body has to use proteins, so you can actually break down muscle more um, and not have as much muscle growth so typically gains on a ketogenic diet are very low um and people don't tend to know that mm-hmm. about keto they think that they're going to get ripped because they're eating a bunch of meat um but it actually doesn't work that
1: way
0: why do you think the why do you think the, the buzz is so popular right now for the diet
1: for one it's really cool to say i'm on a keto diet like that <laughs> so, like that sounds so yes. hip it's like right. Going on the latest trend, people love to label their diets and be like, this is what I'm doing. They can associate it with something that's cool and hip and trendy. Mm-hmm. I think that's one reason. Obviously, that's not it for everyone. Not everyone's like, hey, I want to go keto. But I mean, there is some – there's a little bit of science behind it that um, – it it does lower blood glucose levels. Like we're seeing some type two diabetics improve their blood sugars. Um, So overall, when we're looking at like a population health standpoint, it's pretty attractive because it's eliminating all of those processed high sugar refined foods. Yep. Soda, cakes, cookies, donuts, like all of those super high carbohydrate foods that are associated with bad health. I think so people are thinking, well, okay, I can eat, like fat has always been the bad It's always kind of had a bad association with it in our society. Like somebody says fat and you think like, oh, you kind of cringe at that. But now that we're saying it's good, like people love going against Mm -hmm. the grain. So they're like, heck yeah, I'm eating all the fat I want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of like my take on it. But it could be multiple different reasons why somebody is attracted to it. Yeah. we take
2: this little tiny piece of science where we started to see some benefit in obese individuals who have type 2 diabetes, and then we take that tiny bit and we extrapolate it to a huge population of people who are not overweight. <laughs> um, so I think some of it's that they found a little bit of science and they got excited. You feel like, my- I feel
0: like there's a parallel there between maybe something that was just as popular five years ago and something like paleo, where mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know I think, and even Rob Wolf will go back and say Hey guys, like we did this to cure disease, right? We didn't do this to this wasn't supposed to be the optimal I wasn't writing the optimal diet for every human. We were trying to find out how to fight these chronic diseases that are, you know, you know, drilling our country right now and then CrossFitters got a hold of it and you know how we are, right? We're like, oh, this is the best well, thing ever.
1: Like, he, like, yeah, like,
0: we're like, How oh, again oh, I'm gonna do this yeah. right? Like, um, you know it's 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 no different than some new training style or something like that. Everybody has a pop on like, oh this is this is how we're gonna get there you know um so do you think you also see that like at parallels like okay you know paleo may is definitely helpful to help people maybe with some autoimmune diseases and things like that where now you know keto may have its benefits in the medical world, but doesn't necessarily mean it's it's great for the everyday cross
1: Oh, certainly. Like we, we both work at the clinic as well here in Billings, and we went to a seminar on the ketogenic diet in the clinical setting for people with epilepsy and seizures, and that's was introduced in the 1920s. Like, Mm -hmm. because we know they knew then that carbohydrates were the main fuel source for the brain. When we cut those out, people's seizure um, frequency went down. Sure. So there is use for it, and there's. I mean, if somebody's looking at going doing a ketogenic diet, by all means, we will help them through that and make it more healthful. Number one thing when we're looking at athletes and even population health is that there's no one-size-fits-all ever nutrition Mm -hmm. ever, ever. Like Even though this literature might say athletes should be at a certain body fat percentage, which um, I know we saw a post on Instagram a while back maybe yeah. in December, yeah. about athletes having to be at a certain body fat percentage for performance, like, those one-size-fits-all answers or blanket statements just don't go for nutrition.
2: Mm-mm. It's um, very different. And when you look at our, like, the elite, you know, regional athletes that we work with, um... <laughs> People would love to have their body, but they would be shocked to see how many carbs that we recommend that they're eating, that they're eating on a daily basis. Um, people would just be shocked. Yeah, People are
0: shocked <laughs> at how much carbs you give me. I'm far from an yeah. elite regional athlete.
1: <laughs> you need them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm far, from, yeah, a, I'm far them. from an elite regional athlete, and I'm still putting away my carbs.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, And I mean, when we're talking about carbohydrates, like I think a lot of us associate carbs with bad processed foods, but we're talking about whole grains, quinoa, lentils, beans, whole wheat pasta, like all of these things that are good quality sources of carbohydrates. Um, So it's just, and then another thing about the ketogenic diet, like we'll talk to people like how feasible is this diet for you long-term? How feasible is it for you to stick to?
2: Oh, yes. And my favorite is when people are like, I go keto, but on the weekends I'm not keto. It's so funny because it takes like weeks to get into ketogenesis. You have to restrict carbs for yeah. weeks. At it time. can take like
1: two weeks to get yes.
2: ketosis. So then they like on Saturday have pizza and they come out. So most people that think they're keto actually never reach ketosis. Right,
0: so that, that was my question is like, like, how hard is it to get into that state and to maintain like. It, you know, I've never done it before myself. So like, I mean, are you talking, are we talking like, you know, blood testing or, I mean, are we talking yeah. like, I mean, there have to be strict to know that they're in it. Right. Cause there has to, is there a risk associated with, you know, going extremely low carb, but then not reaching ketosis?
2: It's more of a risk to be in ketosis than think you are and not be being yeah. in ketosis. So if you Wanted to follow a keto diet, a ketogenic diet. That's a mouthful. Um, That's why I I don't want
0: that diet at all. I don't want that. That's why they call it keto. Right. Right.
2: It's It's too hard.
0: It's
2: like macros. If you wanted to follow a keto diet with Anna and I in our clinic setting, you would have to have labs drawn. You would have to have an EKG. On a pretty frequent basis to make sure that your heart's doing
1: okay. Um, also, no it? history of gallbladder disease, yeah. or you still have to have your gallbladder. That's where you digest all your fat. You have to. You can't have any pancreatic issues. No type one diabetics. Like all yeah. these organs that are part of our metabolism and produce those hormones. You can't have any like family history or background of that because you could you know have gallstones develop or a heart issue pretty easily so i think that the bigger risk would fall into going keto without
2: the appropriate medical supervision because um, i don't know if something needs an ekg at the hospital i'm not willing to do it at home um personally that seems <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of risky
1: <laughs> yeah so like even um with like in pediatrics, these kids that do have epilepsy and these doctors are trying to actually reach true ketosis for their disease state, they are, they may be inpatient for a couple weeks doing all of these tests to really monitor them mm-hmm. because there are just so many bad side effects that could be associated with going into ketosis that we may not even know. I mean, what if you had some heart condition you didn't know about mm-hmm. and that, you know, threw off your electrolytes. So it's just I guess, super important to always be safe. And we talk through these things, but honestly, I don't know one person that I've talked to yet that is actually doing a true ketogenic diet. No. You have Hashtag to be keto. so Same. low in protein too, because protein metabolism, I'm going to get kind of boring. No,
0: go it's, for it. Dig in. It, Hit the it, rabbit holes. Like
1: totally when you fair. break down protein, you also glean some yeah. glucose from that. So you're getting some glucose from protein. So you, right. it's super – like if you really looked at what you would do for a pediatric patient at the clinic to get them into ketosis, it's so low in protein. It is so much fat and so little carbohydrate that like a piece of gum could throw them off. Um, some medications, yeah. like if you take – Tylenol or some liquid medications would throw you out of ketosis because there's glucose in that.
2: Yeah. And that's where like the, you know, hashtag keto is usually a bunch of meat and fat where the majority of people that are just kind of following the, you know, so-called keto diet, they're getting way too much protein to actually, Easily. be keto yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. It sounds, it sounds way too confusing for me. I, I just sent you guys <laughs> a picture of the rock and was like, this is my, you're like, what is your goal? And I just sent you a picture of Dwayne Johnson.
1: We love that. We love <laughs> yeah, we've had people want to be like superheroes, and you know, I wish we had a magic wand. No, that's I don't know. It's just it's yeah. always good to talk through these things with people, though, because it's flashed all over the media, or you see a celebrity doing it. And, man, they have a rockin' body. So, like, I want to be on mm-hmm. keto. That sounds so good. No,
0: they, neither neither, neither the guys that I mentioned to you, The Rock, nor The Mountain, uh, which is funny because those are their two nicknames. Um, are, they eat plenty of carbs, so I'm all on board oh, on that.
1: Well, that's the only way to build muscle, really. <laughs> but uh, it all depends on what your goals are, right?
0: Yeah, we. we I think it was like uh, a few episodes back at the beginning of it when uh, Spencer and I were chatting. How we all were talking about how many uh, how many calories the mountain, which is if you guys don't know, it's Thor. It's a uh, Thor Bjornsen, who's a uh, strongman competitor. He just won the Arnold. He's also on Game of Thrones. And just as like a group chat between. Uh the ladies here, Spencer, and I we were trying to figure out how much he has to eat to be uh 10, six six ten uh four hundred ten pounds and still have a six pack yeah. Yeah.
1: was it ten thousand calories it was
0: oh it was ten thousand plus because they weren't counting his juice remember
1: oh okay. that's right anything he puts in his mouth has to have calories <laughs>
0: right yes, yeah, it was awesome um so um the other the other direction that we i think we've seen uh if we're going to talk about like maybe hot in the community um right now is in the community being crossfit and adding some weightlifting and things like that um is intermittent fasting it's another one that i see a lot that means you guys see it 10 times more than i get the questions about it um so let's start out the same way and what is intermittent fasting
2: Okay. So intermittent fasting is when um, we choose a certain number of hours per day that we're going to get all of our food consumption into. So I think a lot of times for females, it's eight to 10. And for males, it's usually 10 to is it 10 to 12, Mm -hmm. usually. So if I were to start eating at a certain time in the morning, I couldn't eat anything after eight hours later. So I would get all of my food taken into in this eight hour period. Um, and the thought behind it is allowing your body to get more into that depleted state, the fat burning state, lose more body fat, and have a you know positive return on body composition would be the overall like if someone were to explain why they choose to do intermittent fasting, it's usually a body composition mm-hmm. um, issue. Definitely. It's
1: definitely not a performance. No, um, you're not going to feel good. You know, going into a workout where you haven't eight ate for eight <laughs> or 12 yeah. hours. I mean, you, we get that, but some people, I don't know. A lot of people try to do fasted workouts, but... Yep,
2: and that's a big part of intermittent fasting is that they would eat throughout the day but do an early morning type of a cardio exercise to really capitalize on that time where they have depleted carbohydrate
1: stores so they could utilize and burn more body fat during mm-hmm. that time. And I guess there are some studies that they're pretty inconclusive that maybe that fasted endurance exercise or aerobic work could improve their metabolism or fat burning it kind of increases those enzymes that help for that fat burning but um we don't really know what it does long term for performance and we always go back to performance probably because that's who we work with the most yeah um but yeah this is it's usually a body composition thing so in overall
2: um I think people see some success with it because when you limit the number of hours you're going to eat in a day, you limit that nighttime snacking or that time where we're more likely to see some poor food choices or um, just excessive calorie intake. If you, without- if
0: you try to take away my casein and granola, I will revolt.
2: <laughs> we will never take once you
0: anymore. Once you once you showed me how to do that, I just, <laughs> there's no going back. I know. Already- I was like... You've given it to me, right? <laughs> You—it's like you—you you showed me the Cadillac, and now I can't even ride in a Prius. I'm like, what am I doing? Before
1: it's so true. You're like, okay, yeah, this without granola is not good.
0: <laughs> sorry. This will
1: gain mass, by the way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Those of you know me, I'm I'm definitely no, eating to go up. actually,
1: Christina brings up like a really good point with that when we're talking about ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting. We're not sure if the body composition results or the results are from the reduced calorie intake or energy intake overall or the actual diet pattern. More than likely, most studies show it's from the calorie allotment during the day or your energy expenditure. Oh my gosh, my husband's knocking on the door. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) You didn't know we were doing this.
2: Good, we're just doing a podcast.
0: Oh,
2: nice. Awesome. Sorry about that.
0: No worries.
1: Yeah. So anyway,
2: so we're not sure, um, on like the reasons behind it, but also from like a metabolic standpoint, in my opinion would be the more we feed our metabolism, the higher rate that metabolism is going to run at. So if you only have me eating for eight hours a day, um, you're kind of treating your metabolism, you either can treat it like a furnace or a vault, and a vault is where you starve it, and a furnace, like, I want my metabolism to be like a furnace. I want to eat and enjoy food, and I want it to be burning. And intermittent fasting kind of has the opposite um,
1: thought process with that. Um, So, yeah. And you always have, like, I always like to pick the route that's going to be the less stressful, whether it's the less stress on your metabolism and the less stress on your life. Yes. Because we all know those stress hormones pretty much ruin any goal we're trying to achieve and Anna can attest
2: that this morning she had to be around me all morning while I was hungry (laughs) and um that is
1: not a good it's not good we're like taking pictures of this pizza yeah we got her a piece of pizza and she's like what do you want me to do just like pick up the piece of pizza like what we're like yeah you cannot
2: put a piece of a pizza in front of a hungry person and then be like hold it and don't eat it I was so mad at you (laughs) <laughs> just, yeah anyway yeah. we just being
1: hungry is never beneficial for an athlete or just anyone yeah. um, we, we're very like I, if you can be in tune with your internal cues and like yeah. you're hungry like feed your body sure. mm-hmm. yeah. even when we're giving someone a plan
0: i mean and yeah. and so would, would you guys agree that um, even if the person's goals are purely aesthetic the best way to get there is via the route of performance
2: Oh, I, that is like a tough question. I think you can still do weight loss. Certainly. I mean, we do. Well, we don't, help. I don't
0: mean the thing of weight loss. I mean, so if your goal is to feed the body to, for performance, is that the best way to get to aesthetics or is it to do the opposite to starve the body uh, to get to where they want to aesthetically?
1: I think, like, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but ideally, like, when we have people shift to, like, I want to see how strong I can get um, without going overboard and we find that happy medium and we're fueling their performance and they're losing weight, that's, like, the ideal equation, yes. right? So when somebody's, like, hitting the gym hard and they're able to do more, just, like, more efficiently, more efficiently they feel better they're getting stronger like their aesthetics are going to come second but when they are starving themselves then trying to do performance after that that equation is not going to work as well yeah is is that what kind of what you're asking yeah
0: absolutely yeah i think i think a lot of people fear that there's there's only there's two different paths right like um you know i I, when as soon as someone comes in i'm like how you feeling they're like uh I'm hungry, but I'm on a cut. I'm like, you, you just do CrossFit, like, average, you know, a class of CrossFit four times a week. What do you mean a cut? Like, what... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! so we get that all the time. Oh. We're like, okay, and the, I mean, I obviously you want to find something that's sustainable for people long term. Right. But they'll be like, I'm doing this CrossFit class four times a week, and Christina's like, what does that mean? Like, are you working out for eight minutes four times yeah. a week, or are you doing like strength and like? I have no idea. And what- sometimes people think they need a lot
2: more. Um, like calories and protein when they do a CrossFit workout, and it sometimes you do, but it depends. Like I've gone in for a 12 minute AMRAP before. Like I don't really need anything extra for exercising for 12 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. sure. And so I, there's
2: kind of balance.
0: Yeah, so I think I think getting in tune with the athlete, and I think that's where that's where it scares me on the the quick online um, programs that don't take into account like like I know you guys do pretty intensive surveys. Uh, and everything's personalized either through you guys knowing the athlete or using a service like, you know, we do at our gym where we know the athlete and we can better mm-hmm. assist you in telling them what they actually are doing. You know, this person's actually, I know they say they do unlimited CrossFit. They only show up three times a week to just general classes, right? Yes, so, those are
1: of our most successful clients too because we get that backstory. Yep.
0: Right. And so I think that's what scares me about the online. Um, yes the online just fill out this here's your macros here's your numbers or they read a book and now they're this is what they're doing is um you know are they being actually honest about what they're doing on themselves
1: totally yes. like 80% of the time somebody's going to underestimate how much they eat and overestimate how much they work out yes
0: right yes yes
1: yep. <laughs> and unless, i don't want unless to you see measure that both <laughs> yeah
0: yes unless you measure both and then you actually know
1: right That's exactly That's awesome.
0: Um, I, I think – and back on the, back on the um, intermittent fasting thing, you know, I think a lot of people see that and one of the funny things is that I get is people do it because – I think it's because it's easy. I think there's an element of laziness to that that's not being talked about because then they – nobody wants to wake up and you know I don't want to wake up and eat my four eggs, two egg whites, two cups of oatmeal and mixed berries that I have to eat before I get to the gym <laughs> and it would be easy just to go to the gym without doing that but I know what it's going to do later on. I I honestly think that there's a legit like oh that's that's one thing I less have to worry about in the morning. I just worry about eating when when noon comes around.
1: Yeah, that's totally. genius. I've never thought of that. Yeah, actually, I'm sure a lot of our patients and clients would love that because a lot of them oh. come to us not eating breakfast. So if we were like, okay, we're yeah. cool with that. Right. But I mean, for us and with our experience in our practice we have people that aren't eating breakfast and they start eating it. This is kind of getting away from intermittent fasting, but they start to lose weight. They're kickstarting their metabolism in the morning. They're controlling their hunger later in the day. They're setting themselves up for success. So we see weight loss when they just add in that one meal. Yeah, um, And it could be for multiple different reasons, whether it's speeding up their metabolism or setting up themselves for success. So they don't have extreme hunger at noon. They're like, Oh, I haven't eaten 13, 14
0: hours. <laughs> well, I think you know if, if I'm, you know coaching an athlete at five at the five thirty a.m class and they're like you know they stop because they like oh, i just don't feel good or not feeling busy the first question 100 percent of the time is um mm-hmm. what'd you have to eat this morning oh uh, well, yeah you know, i kind of woke up late and so you know, <laughs> i'm like oh okay a banana something please put something mm-hmm. in your body eat your
1: sauce packet on your way to the gym that's <laughs> like our favorite there, there, there are things you can do mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so that's You know, it's important to try to get them on that regimen. But, uh, you know, it is it is something that we've seen and and we even talked about, um, you know, you guys are in my Facebook, my my gym's Facebook group and and getting to answer these questions. But I think it's important for coaches um, and owners out there that are listening to to make sure that you're you know what your your people are eating. And especially if they if they you're, you're getting questions like that or even more importantly, if they're telling other members about it and they're growing that tribe inside of there because it can happen oh, super easily.
1: fast. It's like a wildfire. Something that sounds cool like intermittent fasting or keto flies, but if you're like, hey, I started this healthy diet. Want to do it with me? People are like, what the? Yeah. Yeah, got oh, to be cool. That sounds boring. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I think something that also isn't talked about a lot, and I guess that's probably why we never like answer a question about a diet specifically is that we want to make sure that that athlete or client has a good relationship with food and fueling your body prefer Performance, like when you actually start thinking like, wow, okay, my body needs this. I'm using this. It really does help that relationship with food. And a lot of times if you've ever had any type of relationship with food where you've restricted or cut things out and then you start this intermittent fasting, the guilt is there in the background when you do add it back in. And that's the last thing we want to be associated with
0: food is guilt. Right, for sure, or or the other way. I, I've never restricted food in my life, but I've definitely got <laughs> But there you're is a different
1: breed. Of no, people. but
0: but there is there is the struggle on the other side. I was literally like one podcast ago. I was like Spencer's like, hold on, give me a minute. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I have to finish this sandwich, and he just sounded miserable. <laughs> but there is the other way too. Um, but there I mean, is, I still wanna, you still want you still want to keep the healthy relationship either either side of that spectrum.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. When you're not enjoy, I mean, when you're taking enjoyment completely out of eating, which I know a lot of like upper level athletes do that can be very taxing long-term on your mental i mean just that relationship with food. oh yeah definitely
0: well um i mean it, it, i like that you guys take the the psychological approach to it and i think that's important and i think i hope anybody's listening uh, i think we have a lot of coaches specifically that probably listen or people who are or um you know managing other athletes if that's the most important thing is is you got to know exactly what your athlete's doing and where their mindset is on it and making sure that they're they're comfortable with it And i know you guys uh do a lot about that um i think we even talked about it last time on the podcast is like you know how much the psychology comes into your practice
2: yes mm-hmm. it's a huge part of it and the hard thing is is between all of the athletes that we work at work with there is not a single like none of them are the same no. everyone's approach to nutrition has to be different i'm sure you see with coaching your approach with different people has 100%. to be very different and i mean you're asking someone to change or work on something that's part of their everyday life like three to five to seven times a day that you eat i mean that's intense that is psychological because so there's so much of that 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 is food related why we eat is so much more than just nutrition
0: yeah um and it makes me feel better I know I got off the the, the track of tracking my own food and on my own diet for a while and just getting back onto it like you know if I eat my pre-workout meal that means I need to get in there and use it because that's a crap ton of calories and carbs <laughs> that I just put in that I need to make sure <laughs> so really- good. it keeps me accountable it just makes me feel better that hey I know I feel this and so now it means I need to get after it and use it. And I think a lot of athletes will agree to that, that it it all correlates back into each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: I'm 100% sure it would be impossible for me to eat what I'm supposed to eat in an eight-hour window.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yes, for you, for sure. (laughs) I'm certain. Yeah, there's no way. Oh, God. I mean, I'm sure people do it, like, not even meaning to just because maybe that's and then you go to bed and I mean you're fasting when you're sleeping hopefully
0: not if you got that casein in the belly
1: <laughs> right no yeah you're but, really avoiding that sake.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm avoiding it all possible
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need it you and Spencer
0: uh, I, he's he's more than me I, I can't say anything that guy
1: talked we're like if we could sell Spencer's metabolism <laughs> would be millionaires <laughs> we would be
0: yeah I think when when he and I, I travel together and we start wrecking restaurants together it, uh, it, it people are impressed because we're usually like with the other power and grace athletes who generally weigh like 20 and 30 pounds more than us but we're just cleaning house <laughs>
1: yeah, totally I don't know when Spencer was up here in Billings I think I saw him eat one sandwich I know we were oh
0: like, my gosh come on Spence let's go let's I go know Gain train let's do this <laughs> Jeez. All right, ladies. Well, I uh, appreciate the time today uh, spent. I'm sure um, after this, I'm hoping my Instagram pops up with so many other questions. We're going to have to do another one soon. I usually get those after a good one like this, um, and I get to forward a whole bunch of them to you. But uh, everyone can find you guys if they want to directly message you or hit it, it is at Power and Grace Nutrition. Uh, Instagram's the homepage, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Instagram's the cool kids now. Facebook is it just is. so ten years ago, right? I guess so. <laughs> no, um, any of that stuff. Um you guys are also uh we share the website, so powerandgraceperformance.com. dot com. There's a nutrition tab there. Um but um you can reach out to these ladies anywhere. Um is the what's the email address?
1: It's nutrition at power and grace it should be on the website. Yeah, yeah. you can contact website. us through the website, um, or you can contact us at nutrition at
0: Yeah, so all that stuff is there. Um, hit with your questions. You get interested in getting into nutrition. Uh, these are ladies that you need to talk to. If you're interested in getting your gym on board with nutrition or running a six weeks challenge. They do all that stuff. All right, ladies, thank you for your time again, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Awesome.
2: Okay. Thanks, Thanks, JJ. JJ.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks again for giving us a listen. We really do appreciate it. We had a blast shooting all those open podcasts, getting those out to you, had some good feedback. So let us know what you like, what you want to hear on here. You can get us at Power and Grace Performance on Instagram, on Facebook. Obviously, you can head to the website, powerandgraceperformance.com. You can get these ladies at Power and Grace Nutrition on Instagram or Facebook. And on our website, you'll see the nutrition tab. Click it, check it out, get healthy.